Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very somber edition of Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalkInc.com. I'm your host, David, and I'm joined with today... Jen. G. Ryan. And then a special, special guest, one of our... One of my closest friends, I've known him for about 14 years yeah, now. Yeah, since high school, yeah, yeah, freshman year high school, yeah. Uh, my Comic-Con buddy. You're old. <laughs> and I figured... <laughs> the nerve, Jen. I figured the perfect... <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the best people to come on today to guest host with us to talk about the man Stan Lee and Marvel itself and what he meant to him. Hi, Leo. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. So today we will talk about the the man himself, the passing of the legendary Stan Lee, uh, what he meant to us, some of our favorite memories. Ryan's been waiting to talk about his cameos. For the last like, <laughs> month, he's been annoying me, texting me, why are we not doing cameos? Well, Ryan, you get your day today. Uh, Yay! Favorite, uh, Have you really been asking yes. for that? <laughs> he texts me he's like, of truth. at least Finally. once a month. Ryan's like, hey, Dave, you know what's a great idea for the podcast? We should do t- Stan No, Lee and when the Marvel thing is in the news, like so like when Infinity War like or something like that, I figured that like when, only when Marvel's bit, like something Marvelish is in the news. So, but today you get your day, and um, (laughs) we'll talk about our favorite stories and some news regarding people that aren't, you know, don't know who give a shit about Stanley's passing, and we're gonna address that. And you know, we can't take post pictures of Stanley. Just remember that. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, But before we get started, uh, G, I want you to take the floor. You wanted to address something, so I the floor is all yours, buddy. Uh, yeah, I, I won't take up too much time, but I just wanted to, uh, get awareness out for, uh, a friend of ours that, um, passed away last week, or actually, to put it more bluntly, was, uh, murdered last week. Um, he, his name is, uh, Taylor Meyer. He was traveling with friends for a th- uh, 30th birthday party in, uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and, um, the details are kind of sketchy still at the moment, but um, it looks like he might have wandered off from his group of friends and uh, three people uh, robbed him for his uh, shoes, his cell phone, and the way his cousin put it, basically pocket chains in his, uh, that he had on him and uh, stabbed him in the chest and killed him over all of that. Um, I got to talk to his mom last week at the vigil. Um, and what was most important to her was that um, the word get out there for her son, because at the time, I guess uh, the press out there reported things all wrong. They said that he was 30 years old. He was 27. They said that he was Canadian. He was not. They said that he lived out there. He didn't. He lived in Hermosa Beach, California. And they said he had drugs on him. And they found out uh, later that that was all false. So um, they're just basically trying to get the right word out there. And they also don't want them to sweep it under the rug because um, they kind of feel like they are trying to cover it up because they don't want to hurt any uh, tourists coming out to Playa del Carmen uh, to visit. And she wanted to point out, too, that Playa del Carmen is a very beautiful place in Mexico. But and she's not trying to, you know, not say that is the case. But, you know, if you wander off anywhere specifically, especially over there. If you're away from the safety of where you're staying, you know, there are dangers in that area or any area if you're to wander off alone. So she just wanted to um, get that out there. And I wanted to get that out there for her. Um, 
and it was a really tough time in uh, our area last week because we actually lost two locals. But, you know, his was especially hard because, you know, you don't expect that to really happen when you're going on vacation with your friends. So I just wanted to get that out there for her and uh, make people aware and kind of get the right information out about uh, what happened to him. So thank you for letting me do that. No, no problem. And I'm sorry for your loss. And yeah, man, yeah sorry, man. My condolences. Thank you. Jen, anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a tough, you know, you especially have had a rough week with everything going on with the fires, with um, the grill shooting. That yeah, happened, Thousand and, Oaks. Yeah. And then this happening. So, you know, you know that we're with you and everyone that you know is in our thoughts and prayers. We love you, Jean. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I want to say that too. Like, off the line, you guys are uh, very, uh, you know, just asking, like, if everything was okay. And I really appreciate it that too um you know it was it was um it was just i haven't done a lot of these uh like visual things because i usually uh it's really rough to do them sometimes but i went last sunday and it was it was nice because there were people there you know like me who only would see him every weekend like you know going out and there are people that knew him for years there or people that only knew him for a month so it was just it was a nice uh gathering of like these people that he uh, impacted on some level, whether it was for a little bit or for, you know, years. Like, so it was, it was nice to see the community get together. And that's kind of what happens in the South Bay. When stuff like this happens, everyone kind of rallies around each other. So it was nice to see that. And it was nice to do that for his uh, parents and his, you know, brothers and sisters. Cause you know, they held up pretty well considering everything that's going on. Uh, they, they were just happy to be around his friends and they were also happy just to learn things about him that they didn't even know you know you you share things with your friends that you don't really necessarily share with your parents so they were just happy to know that he kind of impacted so many people so it was it was nice to kind of give them that kind of comfort even if it was for a little bit well may you rest in peace and a pleasure with everyone especially your friend and everyone that suffered I dealt with any issues during the fire. Um, so moving on to film news, uh, there's no way to transition that. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Yeah, there's no segue. So where <laughs> it will be funny, it will be funny now. Yeah, we can try to make the best and uh, and celebrate Stan Lee now. And but before we get to Stan Lee, let's talk about some news this week, guys. Um, the casting of. Lex Luthor? I don't uh, I don't know who this guy is. The you don't know who John Cryer is? You don't know who John Cryer is? He was in Pretty Ducky. Pink. It's Ducky, Ducky. from Pretty in Pink. Ducky? That's or, uh, Ducky. Yeah. Two and a half he was on two, two and a half oh, men. Yeah, yeah, Alan. I had to. I Dude. <laughs> I take it back. He got bald, man. No, he's not bald. He has hair. He was he on, really a, he was on the last hair, episode yeah. of Will and Grace. Um, As like a guest, oh, so he's not bald. A, so yeah, no. Is, is is the casting even weirder now that yeah, you know who it is? It's weird because the picture, he's that not... we, the picture that was posted, I think G posted for the site. It's like a bald look, so I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I he think he like... might have shaved his head. I don't know if he shaved his head for that, but I, it, the, I've seen a few pictures online with him with no hair. So I don't watch Supergirl. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, I do. I do. So yeah. weird. Casting, I do. Right? I have to catch up. Weird casting. I think. Yeah, I have to catch up. Uh, I mean, like John Cryer isn't typically known for this kind of role. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I kind of got the impression that like, what if they try? I can't see him because my only 
so there's Gene Hackman in the movie. Which I have that in my brain. But for the like mostly what I have in my brain is Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. Yeah, I love it. So so I can't really picture John Cryer doing that unless John Cryer is going to kind of take on like the Jesse Eisenberg route of being like kind of uh, nerdy and weird. Um, mm. I really can't. I can't see it. I really can't. <laughs> but watching the show, I don't really get that nerdy vibe from it. Only because Wait, he's like, already on the show. No, he's yeah, not. Yeah. But his sister and his oh, okay. mother. Yeah. So like, I don't really get that he would be this nerdy kind of character. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean I like, guess Cryer is charismatic. He's got a little quirky thing to him. So maybe it's just like a different kind of take on the character altogether. Like it's maybe it's just well. Lex Luthor, if he wasn't like this, like super business straight edge kind of dude, kind of bouncing. By the way, by the way, this is the, that was the first time I've ever heard someone say John Cryer was charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I've leave, never, leave Ducky never alone. heard that description ever. Kind of, kind of bouncing on what you said. I think Lex Luthor. Every portrayal has been different. Yeah, like, like you, have, you have Gene Hackman, you have Kevin Spacey, and like actually, who? Kevin the animated Spacey. series. No, no, no. I meant like. His portrayal has been different. Like, oh, like who Joker. else? Yeah. yeah. Um, David loves it when you drop something yeah, about the Joker. The the I actually even though it's blasphemous to talk about him now, I really like Kevin Spacey's take on Lex Luthor. I thought he no, was, he was good. I thought he was good. Yeah, was yeah, more, it was a good performance. He was more of a vicious. That was like, the yeah, one with Kate vicious. Bosworth, right? Yeah, yeah. that's a, and that yeah, you know one. What? And I don't. You, you Brandon guys Routh. Look, and I, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad Leo's on today because we'll get to it later. Gee, Leo is the the I mentioned it before on the podcast. He's the one that doesn't like any X Men movie and doesn't <laughs> like Logan. Yes. So we can oh, have, really? Well, what is? How do you not like we'll Logan? Get to that later. Well, that's later. <laughs> that's well, later. We're how do you gonna, not like X Two X Men United? We'll get to that later. But um. I mean, it, we'll see what happens. I was, I've come on and said I was wrong about. I mean, I haven't seen the performance yet, but just by the look of it, I think I'm going to be wrong on Ruby. I'm Ruby as Batwoman. She looks amazing, and everything. Yes, yeah, she I does. Like, so, so, I mean, that's in two weeks, right, guys? Like two, three weeks. Uh, yeah, Holy crap! Weeks. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> and this right, is get your get your and DVR. Just, <laughs> and just to see her, just to see her, I'm actually. I usually only check into the Flash. I don't check into the other ones for the crossover, but I'm gonna check into all of them this this time around. I want to see. Wait, so when they so when they cross over, you never watch all of them? No, no. I'm so always very weird. what? That's weird. That's weird. I can't. You know the gimmick to this year's crossover is like they're gonna be like acting as the other person's they're character, other person. right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. You know, I, have to see <laughs> I saw all. I saw those pictures on Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, I did. Oh my god! And shout out to whoever out there that did the crossover where it was Arrow as Supergirl and, and uh, oh, Supergirl as Arrow. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> and Stephen Amell's reaction to it was priceless. He's like, I cannot unsee this. So, <laughs> so like going off Leo's question, every year I watch The Flash. I only watch that part of the crossover. My fucking god, am I confused? Like last year was <laughs> yeah. watching, and I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, I know this has nothing to do with the season, so I'm like, all right, whatever. Let me just enjoy it. I can't, I can't. I'm like so. You have confused. to like watch all of them. Like this is like totally off the brand, but like I love Chicago PD, and, I, 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 <laughs> and Chicago PD uh, every year does a crossover with Chicago Fire, that, yeah. and I don't watch that. And Chicago Med, and I don't watch that. And, and sometimes with Law and Order SVU, and I don't watch that on a regular basis. But when they cross over. I am forced to watch Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, and Law and Order SVU just so I'm not confused. Yeah, yeah and I saw like, that yeah. they, <laughs> like David, like in your eyes. So like without seeing the other episodes of the other shows, yeah. 
does the plot even get resolved in no. your mind? It's I like, or it's just left open-ended. I think last year I got lucky because I think the final episode of the crossover was actually the was Flash. Flash. So I was like, so I was like, oh, okay. Wait, so hold on. What's up? When I'm trying now, I'm trying to remember. Uh, when did they show Nora in the crossover? Was it during the Flash episode? I don't remember. <laughs> I just know that there was a definitive ending. It may was I, I think. Sorry, I'm now trying. Nope, there's not a definitive ending oh, because uh, the arrow was still left. So I was off by one episode. <laughs> I want to point out too that some people are upset that they're not using Legends of Tomorrow in the crossover. Yeah, yeah. That shows, uh, that shows but yeah. they have, they said right away like they did when they do the crossover they do, they do what makes sense and it didn't make sense for them to include it. Like the story was basically for Supergirl, Flash, and Arrow. It wasn't just a slight Legends of Tomorrow. Because Legends of Tomorrow has been involved in the crossovers before. Um, it's just that this particular story, they didn't... They they would have felt like they were forcing it if they used Legends Gee, of is Tomorrow. Gee, is that show... Now this, now, this year, Legends of Tomorrow could have used it because the ratings are not great. <laughs> is that, <laughs> yeah, is that show sadly. about to get canceled? No, I don't think they'll cancel it. I think, I think if anything, they'll move it around. I think it's safe. Um, I'm not sure why the ratings are not great. It's not like the show is bad. Like so I think still... it's like what you said. It has a weird, although yes, it's DC. Um, it has a weird lead in. If anything, they should switch Black Lightning and Legends, in my opinion, because you have yeah, the darkness of Arrow with the darkness of Black Lightning from the couple episodes I've watched, and you have the lightheartedness of Flash with the lightheartedness of uh, Legends. Legend. I so love I, I Legends. Last, I think last season, like, wasn't Legends and the Flash? They were paired together. I believe so. Uh, and that makes more sense. And then, then there are a lot of people that low key think Legends of Tomorrow is like the best of all those shows, Ugh. just just because it doesn't like take itself too seriously. Yeah, it's a pure, it's a pure like comic book TV show. Um, it's the I most heard, fun. I heard someone go. I, I heard someone go. Ugh, just now. That was me. That was <laughs> David. That was David. <laughs> Come on, we all know who that was. I've got. <laughs> so I, I I avoided it at first. I didn't want to watch it. Then my friend was like, "Dude, you have to watch it. It's really good." I was like, "Oh, there's so much to watch already." But then I started to watch it, and it is fun. If anything. I didn't. And I think Constantine adds such a great element yeah, to this season. For sure. And Ryan, kudos to kudos to that guy for like maintaining that role. Yeah, so <laughs> a canceled t- canceled TV show to like. <laughs> so we couldn't get we couldn't get Keanu back. <laughs> no, we couldn't get Keanu back. <laughs> Damn. Um. So <laughs> Damn. before before I move on to another another show, I did want to talk about Daredevil real quick. I just finished it a week ago. Nice. Um, Leo, I met up with Leo. We actually rode the bus together to work like a few weeks ago and he asked me if I saw Daredevil and I'm like no not yet and he went through it through a weekend and I'm like damn you went through it quick yeah so I started it after I finished Sabrina and I finished it in a weekend my fucking god like I I have been vocal on the fact that I'm not, I've been vocal on the fact that I while I think Daredevil season two is good I don't think it's on the level of season one and I've gotten shit for it I think storytelling wise, it just wasn't there the same way. It, they made ninjas boring. I think, <laughs> like, oh wow, like I, that's I, hard. <laughs> like, and, and I, and as much as I think a lot of the praise for season two goes for, I think Leo mentioned too when we spoke off the line on the Punisher. Punisher, everyone yeah. loved the Punisher, so everyone assumed that Daredevil season two was amazing. I didn't think so. I thought it was a really good season. I loved Punisher, but season three. From episode one to episode thirteen, maybe minus one episode, I absolutely loved it. Especially, you know what the thing is, and I may be the only one that may think this. I think 
Wilson Fisk's character is crucial to the show. As much as we want to see Daredevil go against all these other villains, the dichotomy between Wilson Fisk and Matt Murdock is just so crucial. And especially for this specific show, that it increases the narrative of it, like the way that the story is told. And I think the fight scene between Kingpin and Daredevil at the end of the season is unbelievable. And I don't know if any of you guys have seen it outside of Jen, Leo, and myself, but I don't know what you guys want to say about that. I will say that the beginning of this season, I was like, it was dragging a little bit for me. No, it was like the first three or four episodes (laughs) was a little draggy for me. And I was like, "Uh, okay. Until you got to the prison. No, no, not really. (gasps) I was like, okay with that. (laughs) No. How spoilery are we getting with this? Yeah, movie, not too way. much because the guys haven't seen it. Don't get so, too spoilery, I haven't watched but it yet. so there's you see. But it, season- get, it gets better, yeah. and then you get more backstory on certain things, and then it like, then it takes off, and then the speed, and then the last episode is really, really, really good. So, so every season of Daredevil has had that scene, you know, that one take shot, guys, right? Yeah. So this season, that one take shot is in a prison, but I think this may be the strongest out of the three. And Leo, you oh, said yeah, that they actually, shot yeah. it on. On one take? Yeah, at, uh, at New York Comic Con during the uh, Daredevil panel, they actually discussed preparing for this specific scene, and they were hyping up the scene and how crazy it was going to be. And they even made a point of stating that they uh, they convinced production to shut down on a day so that the whole cast can rehearse the scene because it was going to be a one-take, one-day thing, and that's it. Uh, so they uh, they rehearsed one, like, one full day of just getting it right, shot at one time, um, and it, I mean, it definitely lived up to all the hype that they were saying about it. It looked incredible. I was telling David, like, if you kind of like for Eagle Eye viewers, you can kind of pick out when the stump double gets into the scene and when uh, Charlie Cox is back in the scene. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's in- it's insane. It's insane the amount of work that they put into this one scene. And sets up, you know, not to be spoiler, but I'm sure everyone can assume it'll set up another season. Where it's going to be, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, um, apparently they pitched season four to Netflix. That they talked about that this week. Okay, so uh, I can s- uh, go ahead. I'm Jason. really worried. I, like, I'm just like kind of. I mean, I haven't watched season three yet. I'm just like with Luke Cage getting canceled and Iron Fist getting canceled. I know it seems like the the trajectory is to like send it over to Disney. I um, I just don't want to. Uh, you know, it sucks to get fully invested in something and then find out it gets canceled. Uh, even like something like that that you kind of think well it'll probably have a life uh on this new platform but you don't know that for sure That's you right. know i think people are worried and i th- i don't know if this is something i mentioned to you guys i know i mentioned it to leo um i think people are concerned i don't know about the whole it being disney are they going to pull back on you know the like gore get diluted, the violence like so it. on and so forth yeah i don't yeah. think i don't think they should worry about that there is a way to like Netflix has parental advisory on a lot of things mm-hmm. and they could do the same thing for a Netflix show. I mean, for these daredevil shows or because I think daredevil and Jessica Jones and all these shows, I can see where it could remain on Netflix because it doesn't really fit the mold of the show that they're trying to do on Disney plus because we, the, um, the Sebastian Stan and oh Anthony Mackie, Anthony Mackie show. It's going to be a, it seems like it's a buddy cop show, <laughs> like a buddy cop comedy. <laughs> and then we have the Loki show, which I, I, I don't want to see Asgard anymore, man. I'm so <laughs> done with fucking Asgard. So but I like him. 
I like him, but I'm like, oh, at least good for him though. He's gonna have like he's gonna have money for, with this stuff for a long time. So and then and then Elizabeth Olsen and, and Elizabeth Olsen and that's what is that? Oh, that's this is a, you mentioned oh, that yeah, this yeah, is yeah. gonna be Jen's show. It's gonna it's be the rom com like the rom com with uh... the rom com with Vision and Scarlet Witch. Really <laughs> 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 doing that? Yeah, it's not gonna be a rom com, but we were joking. Uh, it's gonna be. I'm not a, a big fan of Vision, but I like her. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Vision either. I don't know. I don't dig it. You guys like. Goddamn! Um, I don't dig Elizabeth that Olsen? combo. No, what? I don't think I don't dig that. You guys, I like, I like, you know, I like Elizabeth Olsen. I actually liked her yeah. more after watching Infinity War. I thought she was yeah good. Uh, For sure, her um, I like. I just, I just can't get down with Vision. <laughs> and then I don't know. I guess because like I also see him like he's old, so like. He's not old as the like character. For a synthetic, <laughs> for a synthetic creation I or for an actor? No, for like, <laughs> in real life. So it's like weird to like, I don't know. These guys like Hawkeye and they can't fucking like Vision. Mm. Man, I, Hawkeye <laughs> is the most underserved character in all those movies. I like. I, I could see maybe Jeremy I, like, No, I do. Jeremy Renner is like my, if, I think Jeremy is my boy. If, like, I'd stand by I love Jeremy Renner. Oh, I love Jeremy yeah. Renner, but I don't need a fucking I, Hawkeye show. What is he going to do I even support No, I have a Hawkeye show. Would be dope. <laughs> trying to be like when he when he took on like the Born Legacy, I was yeah. like, leave him alone. Let that movie's not good though. Born it's Legacy. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, that that pretty much rounds up our Marvel talk for now. Oh wait, 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 wait. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't wait, wait, because uh, another show is coming back even before its sixth season premieres. They renewed Agents of Shield. Wait, wait that wait. is awesome. Yes, yes for yes, season yes, seven. Uh, cause so so every season after season like one or two, I'm always like they're about to cancel it. Yes. About to cancel it. <laughs> uh, because the ratings are never good. Like live, the live ratings aren't good, but DVR numbers are very good and uh, it sells well internationally. But still, every season I'm like they're going to cancel it. Uh, but their season six doesn't even premiere until the summer of 2019, and they already renewed it for season seven. I don't know if that's just going to be it. But it gave all of the fans of the show they got we got to breathe a little sigh of relief that we don't have wow. to worry about so getting canceled. You got you guys <laughs> you guys watch the show, so yeah. I have a question for you guys. Do you think they um There's no crossover, renew- so it's not a crossover question, right? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Do you think they renewed it because it may tie in because I think Ryan mentioned once that they tie into the movies a little bit? A little yeah, they bit. Make, so, yeah, like, they make references well, to stuff going they make on. References, but like um, season five, actually, the way they they said they had them write that finale that it could work as a series finale, and it could have. Okay. Kind mm-hmm. of. Um, but um, yeah, the, even the writers are always like, "Yeah, we we don't really know all the time when we're coming back." <laughs> um, but yeah, there are some tie-ins to the movies, like references and stuff. So do you um, think you think maybe they brought it back already because it has some tie-in to? Infinity War or whatever the that, fuck it's going to be called. I mean, that could that could be it. It's also you know, even though it's not highly rated, it's you know, it's 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 with ABC, which is affiliated with Disney. Um, it's it was their first Marvel show. I think they are just sticking by it, partly out of loyalty, but it, it does make them money. I mean, it's not like it's like they're not bleeding anything out of it, and they actually like reduced the licensing fee on the show and cut the budget a little bit oh. to kind of make it work. Okay. Um, so like, so they're doing they're doing things at the network to keep it. Um, that I mean, that has to be for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, they would have because any other network would have cut their losses okay. like a long time ago. <laughs> and then the- I think it'll be interesting. Sorry. Um, oh, if what they kind of do, if, especially if you are with it, maybe after seven, them just walking away at this point, like let's just get them to seven and be good. 
Uh, maybe season six be in between the two Infinity Wars and season seven be the final Agents of Shield, the fallout of everything. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can see that being it for it, especially since they renewed it so early. They may have a plan in place to maybe just give do it like a, one like do Avengers like four finale. and G. They need a hundred episodes of syndication. Could that be it too? Um, I. Actually, I don't know. Did they already hit 100 episodes or no? I, they I think they already have. Okay, all right. I think they already hit it. Um, I think also what's working in its favor is that since they've officially kind of made it a summer show, it kind of takes uh, pressure off of Ratings, the live yeah. That's bit. true. And... Um, I think that helps. And I think that also, like, making a summer show, they were allowed to kind of cut uh, the money on it a little bit. Not in a bad way that will affect the show, but, you know, shows that air during the summer, there's less pressure do you guys know what the first do you guys know what the first show to ever air live episodes on the summer in the summer was no what was it jen any guesses no what is it 90210 oh really <laughs> a couple oh of years. yeah it, it was like a hit for them too because yeah. like no other network no was other doing network that was doing tv i think i saw this on an e true hollywood story back in like 2001 i was gonna say how do you know this <laughs> I, I only it. for and some not, reason well, it's funny because like <laughs> yeah now two one oh aired on fox and they did a they did a similar thing with the oc and that's how the oc broke out they aired the first seven episodes yes during they the did. Summer. i remember that is that the show you made me watch one episode and i thought it was terrible you barely, you barely watched like one episode. You were like, you, "What is this?" I will not let you besmirch the name of the OC. It was, it was a so good bad. four season run. So but come on, the OC fell off after a couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, no, like all, all, all shows fall off after. after, after <laughs> I don't know. Supernatural is keeping it up. I'll stop say it, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop <laughs> it. Actually, actually, I have an Plus idea. Never fell off either. So for a future episode, because we have Leo here and he's. What do, you call a, what do you call a supernatural head? What do you do? Uh, a natural head. No. That's, not, that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> the fandom has a name. I there can't... is a fandom. So a I super. feel like we should bring on Adrian, <laughs> who would be really good on this, and I'm... Ryan and Leo, and it could be like their takeover episode. Yeah, for we'll be out because I, I have nothing to say on Supernatural. Because, wait, so are I, they, like, is I the show always, back already? I always wanted, this season? I've always yeah, wanted to watch it. I've always wanted to watch it, but it's a lot of seasons. It's a lot. A lot. I'm, it's only on, I'm only halfway through season two And those right now. assholes are still doing 23 episodes, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, they they dropped yeah, it. They I think they dropped they it kind of little. I think they're down to, I think they, they're uh, yeah, they, I think they tripped this season like a little bit. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why, but uh, they did. I, yeah. I, I, know, I, I know I read an, uh, I read an article that like J- Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles mm. are like, they're down to continue, but like they don't want to film as much anymore because of their families. Yeah. So like, yeah. and I think with the writer strike that happened a few years back, a couple of shows had to go super crazy with the actual twenty three episode count. Mm-hmm. So in order to them to sign on for more seasons, they dropped the amount of episodes that they're gonna film too to make it easier on them. Good. I so, mean, I right. I'm, I don't think I'm gonna catch up because I'm like fourteen years behind. So no, I'm, you the sound, could the catch up. Alone is a good reason to catch up on that show. Man. I'm like, I mean, that's, like, that's like someone trying to tell you like to watch Grey's Anatomy right now. <laughs> Like, oh, everyone could do like, that. Well, Although I've been it's watching. 14, it's like 15 well, seasons. It's like everyone's dead. But when I actually, no, everyone, <laughs> everyone is not dead. dead. But I actually started it like in my freshman year of college, thanks to Adrian. So another name drop. I'm going to tell her twice this week. And uh, she, okay, well, she, she, I'm a little mad at her for this because she like made me watch it. So I watched it like four seasons in and because of her. And then she stopped watching the show. So then I no, I've been watching like ever since every week. And like I, ta- I tapped out after season four too. 
Ah, so I, I had no one else to talk to about it. Like, it wasn't like it was bad, but I was like, uh, I'm just not. I like calling the other shows. Well, I'm but like, I will say, I will say, no one does a season finale like Grey's Anatomy because even when I stopped watching it, I would watch some of the season finales, and they are like, I no, mean, they're everyone, good. Like, and they're good. <laughs> if you watch their fall finale, like the last one was just now this week on Thursday, they leave you on a cliffhanger. So now it's like, oh, it's okay. Like after I watched the episode, I was like, it's okay. There's going to be another episode right after. But I was confusing it with the season finale because there's usually, it's always a double parter. Um, and so I was like, oh no. And then like, there was no other episode. And I was like, oh damn, I fell for it. <laughs> and I was like, now I got to wait till January. <laughs> got me again. <laughs> I was like. Got me again, ABC. Well. <laughs> You slide uh, well, <laughs> I also want. I also wanted to mention on another show, and I fucking hate bait and switches on TV shows. And this fucking overrated hack of a show has done it twice. <laughs> I don't watch it anymore. So but I just feel bad for fans. Empire? So the wa- Walking Dead. Oh. Uh, so you lead in <laughs> to Rick. Not was, uh, Andrew Lincoln is not going to be on the show anymore, right? So we think you know. He doesn't have to die. It was clever wordplay on their promos. So they yeah, was it like was it really a bait and switch if all they said was like Andrew Leakin is leaving The Walking Dead because he technically did leave the show. So it's funny, <laughs> like, like the, the way they coined it, the way they were marketing it. Yeah. The push was um, Rick Grimes' final episodes. Okay. So they never said anything about Andrew Lincoln really leaving the franchise. Yeah. And technically, he's leaving the show. For the movies, so, so they didn't. But they, so they didn't lie. Though. They they were really clever with the way they. Yeah, they, they twisted the truth. So, but I I actually I actually tuned in because yeah, I remember I did see the first. I was a fan of the show for two seasons, and I thought they I liked his character the best out of the two seasons or whatever. So I tuned in. I wanted to see how he went, and it was actually a good episode. I'm not a really fan of the show, but it was actually going down memory lane. I I liked how they set it up, and how he spoiler alert. He sacrificed himself on the bridge. I was like, that's the Rick Grimes way to go out. Absolutely. Then this fucking guy gets rushed here <laughs> on a helicopter. And then I fi- I get I literally wake up to an alert before I even saw the episode because I saw it in the morning that said um uh Rick Grimes I mean Andrew Lincoln signs up for two Walking Dead movies and I'm like, Oh, so I guess he didn't die and then I saw the episode. I'm like, yo, really, really, Walking Dead. So. Uh, like, what what was what was funnier to me buried in that story was not just that he was coming back, but like they were like, oh, we have plans for so much more Walking Dead like material for like the next ten years. I was like, what? I was like, the, <laughs> I, was like the, I don't even watch the show, but I'm aware that the ratings are not great right now, and like I don't know, like, are people still down for like more Walking Dead stuff? Like, apparently, they did a. Um fast what is it yeah a like five year or something fast forward that now the is she the leader of the group now i guess as a <laughs> as, an, as a as a toddler or whatever the fuck she is now no like so the, you're, you're, i think you're rick grimes daughter yeah rick judith yeah so uh, judith is now like 10 years old so they did like a, a fast forward and that's where the show is going now so being Wait, someone... didn't another girl leave the show too uh lauren uh yeah she low-key uh, left leaving, she low-key yeah. she low-key left that was her last episode was too. it too yeah Trying to say the bullshit for uh, some ABC show that's airing mid season with Scott Foley, which probably Mm -hmm. won't last. So she she should probably go back. (laughs) She'll be back. (laughs) She'll she'll be back. (laughs) So being someone that has never watched The Walking Dead, should I invest the time? No. What would you say? No. No. I've heard. I heard for friends that like used to love it that hate it now. They're like, no, you'll just be disappointed. (laughs) I take taking it all the way up to Jeffrey Dean Morgan's uh, huge premiere episode. I mean, I would probably just watch for him right there. Just to Danny Duquette, Grey's Anatomy. 
just dropping but, it down. So, Leo, you were saying? Afterwards, I wouldn't say. No. So, I think you'd like Only the first two seasons. Vegan. I think you'd really like the first two seasons. I've tried watching the first episode. It was really slow, though. It's yeah. a slow show. It's a really slow yeah. show. Like, I feel like I gotta be in the mind. There's a lot of walking, do. and like the only zombie. no one does walking like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> walking like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but no one does walking like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no one does walking. Even the trees walk in that movie. <laughs> like I remember but when here, I, I think right. for, sorry to sorry to cut you off. Right, I think when I first started getting try to get Jenny into Lord of the Rings, the biggest mistake I had was telling her that there's walking talking trees. I knew I was out. <laughs> I knew I was out. <laughs> How didn't that hooker immediately? Like, that that should be it. And I'm like the big villain is just a giant eye. <laughs> that didn't do that didn't do well either. I kind of uh, fell asleep. Very, it sounds very bad on paper. <laughs> yep, no, amazing. I watched it, but I, I kind of fell No, you didn't asleep. watch it. You watched half of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I had fallen asleep. Uh, Same to thing be as fair, all three Lord of the Rings movies, all, while good, are a struggle to just sit through if you're not like in the mood for it. <laughs> right, you have to be in the mood for it. For Lord of the Rings, I could just say, let me listen. They're long. Let me watch Fellowship of the Ring. That's you. I'm good. That's not everyone. Leo? No, I mean, whenever they do the the TVS like marathons of them, <laughs> like it's definitely one of those like oh with, uh, with fucking maybe. commercials. Yeah. <laughs> you just no, you just leave it on. You put it on, leave it on in the background, and kind of do other things. Do you while go it's to on. work? So. You could come back, and part one is still on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to finish up on our news, um, the f- finale of American Horror Story was this week. Did, yeah. did you see it yet, G? Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Okay, so we won't talk <laughs> what? about it. I, well, I know, I know, I've been busy. Well, yeah. I am going to watch it. I've been busy. Uh, but and I, I've read good things from people that like um, it. So, Jen and I, I spoke liked about it, it. We were all both the dis- way up until maybe the last minute. Yep. And, it, and I wasn't like, I didn't hate it in the last minute. I get it. And I get yeah, it. But- I get why. And I actually am curious because I think they have two more seasons at least that they got renewed for. So I yeah. have a feeling what happens in the last minute is going to play into that. Yeah. If not, if it's not connected. But I have a feeling it's going to so be connected. So they pretty much, I think, would they but Infinity was- Ward the entire thing. But I love my witches. And and in the end of the show, they kind of like change the entire I join continuity the of the show. G. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah. I actually heard that too. So... For someone that hasn't seen Coven and the other one, Asylum? Well, Murder House. Murder House. As- no, Asylum's not really part of it. But Murder House, Coven. And Hotel, they changed And Hotel. The- so they changed the continuity of some of that. And yeah. I don't know how people... I It was a good finale. I'm surprised they tied everything up because I was wondering. Because it, yeah. it reminded me of, um, of Versace. Because Versace had a lot of prequel episodes and they literally... I think, oh, and they had to like rush the finale. Basically. They were well, not rush it. They but had like, to wrap everything up in one episode. I this did, kind of did the same thing. Yeah, but saying, it, they did yeah. it in a good way. It like was just they, like, there's two characters that are introduced like in the first episodes that you kind of like lose, and they wrap up. They wrap up with right those. Back. Yeah, like, okay. yeah. So that was pretty dope. Um, all right, so we can't really get too much into. Well, did America. you? Well, did you see that variety? I think it was Variety wrote like they were like, I know you have two more seasons, but the show should end now on like a high note. They wrote like a whole article about how like wow. the show was finally good this season after a few seasons of not being so great. And they just kind of wish that it this was like it. I was into to, like the season to, to end to end things on like a high note. And um, I, I think G and I have been very critical of American Horror Story. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like love hate that show. It was, <laughs> it was it was solid this year. There wasn't it. There was the thing was there wasn't an amazing episode. Usually there's one amazing episode, and then everyone thing else is trash. This year it's every episode is consistently good. Yeah. It wasn't anything. Uh, like I said, uh, like Jen said, I do like the the ladies of Coven. I like. I, I mean, I I think I would watch the show with just them. Is that Emma Roberts? Yeah. 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 Emma, yeah. Who was on the other like, show? Oh, she was boy. On, she here was we like go. 
You don't like Emma Roberts? No, she was in Scream 4. I was like, oh, shit, she's the killer in Scream 4. Um, Oh, yeah, so now let's transition over. But before we get into that, um, I forgot to mention about Daredevil. There is no reason that the show should be, as much as I enjoyed all 13, there shouldn't be 13 episodes, should be 10, because Karen had a whole backstory episode. And I told told Leo, I was like, we were on the bus, I was like, it's cool to hear backstories, but I don't want to fucking see them. And Karen's episode was, while whatever, it wasn't badly made. I don't give a shit about Karen's fucking backstory. All right, that's all I need to well, say about Karen. Well, I think because in the first two seasons, we really didn't, like, at least the first season, we only got hints of, yeah. like, her trauma and, like, all these things. And we never really understood her in that sense but i think having the i do think i don't know that i needed the whole episode just for her you don't but i i get it and i think it helps you understand her character now going on although i will say i have always found her to be a little whiny even though i love deborah ann wall especially from true blood so it's just like she sucks i'm kind of like eh. she and then you'll see at now. the end of daredevil what comes next yeah. but and his look is amazing i was i was asking leo because i don't read daredevil like that i just really fell into him later on in life his look this season is awesome so i don't want to spoil it but he has he doesn't have the red suit but he has a look that towards episode six or seven i think it is that he gets that looks amazing and when you guys see it we can talk about it so with that being said uh real quick God damn That's it. That's why I'm backtracked. I'm just going to say this real quick. The fact that I want to backtrack real quick to the Walking Dead crap. The fact that they can <laughs> That make was like Walking 45 Dead. minutes ago, Ryan. <laughs> I didn't get this. You cut me off. I didn't get to say what I needed to say. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the fact that they can make Walking Dead freaking movies and with the ratings drop it has, but it can't give comic book man four damn episodes to get into syndication is bullshit. Okay. I said my Oh, piece. no. Okay. I, I apologize. That was well said. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that some bullshit, though? I just totally agree. It really is. <laughs> Four uh, episodes of so, a cheap show. <laughs> yeah, that is a fucking cheap. You've seen comic book? Man? Yeah. I mean, it's at midnight, and they literally film in the goddamn comic book store. I don't think the most really... expensive thing is the guests they have. And I think that's good, about it. And a good transition when Stan Lee was on, I doubt he was paid for it. Wow, that was a good segue. Good job. That was a good segue. Sometimes I get well them done, in. Sir. Um, <laughs> with that being said, the great Stan Lee passed away this week, and <sighs> I found out at work, and I, I was okay. And then I saw a video of Hollywood Reporter dropped, and then I shed a little tear. It was pretty, pretty sad. Um, I saw. I was listening to a podcast this week of. Batman, Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin, and he was talking about his history with, with Stan. He's known him for 23 years, and there was moments there that I was, like, shedding a tear because he was a part of all of our lives. Maybe not as mm-hmm. much Jenny, but he was definitely part of my childhood, your childhood, yeah, for sure. everyone's childhood. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say he wasn't a part of my life. I mean, as a kid, I, you know, Spider-Man, like all of that. I wasn't a boy growing up and having like action figure toys and things like that. Yeah. Like, you know, he was a part of my life to a degree. And like, you know, my cousins playing with toys, like I was still exposed to his creations and his creativity. The modern day Mark Twain. Wow. Yes. And I actually think he made more of an impact in his creations. And that's, you know, something to debate for a later date. But and you know some people that don't like comic may say how dare you but 
It's no, but Stan also, Lee is also is different now too, though. So even with like Stan Lee getting across to different amounts of people, like, it was a little bit easier in today's day and age for him to get his message across than it was for Mark Twain. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, agreed. The whole thing with Stan Lee was gracing the, all the members of the Marvel Universe tweet put on Instagram their thoughts about his passing, and then we get this man. <laughs> That Hollywood wants to make famous so bad. And G loves saying that. So I'm going to let G take over on this one. Well, I, His I've, boy... always said, <laughs> I've always said people are trying to make Army Hammer a thing. And he is not a thing. <laughs> trying to make him a thing. And then he proves time and time again why he shouldn't be a thing. And he did it this week by complaining on Twitter uh, with all the celebrities who were like talking about Stanley's passing, like he was upset that celebrities were posting pictures of themselves with Stanley because he felt like they were like basically making it about themselves and posting like selfies of themselves and like. And then when a fan kind of was it a fan that called him out initially, like the first, and uh, he basically was like, "Yeah, I want to hear like you know poignant stories about Stanley and not like you know these selfie photos and blah blah blah." And then uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan yes. chimed in. Through the <laughs> yes. best shade of the week. <laughs> uh, thankfully called him what I was thinking in my head. Called him an asshat. <laughs> and like, basically ripped him apart for uh, criticizing how people were choosing to honor Stan Lee. And then Army Hammer put his tail between his legs and apologized. And then like thanks uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan for calling him an asshat and pointing that out. But still, even though he apologized, it was like too little, too late. I was like, "You're just annoying," and like, it's it's pretty much like this guy's like, he talks about tweet, he tweets about people trying to make it about themselves, and that's exactly what he what he tries to do by tweeting that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And like when you call, and then when you call him out too much on Twitter, sometimes he leaves. Sometimes he disables his account. Maybe he's gonna do that again. (laughs) (laughs) And I joke with G off the line. I'm like, he just. He's just jealous. One, he doesn't have a picture with Stanley, <laughs> <laughs> and two, he is just jealous that he's not in Marvel movies. That he, he doesn't have a franchise. Oh, he's definitely not gonna all, get one now. All he has is the, all he has is the fucking Lone Ranger. Yeah. Well, here's the deal, too. I think one of your buddies on like the Facebook thread for that story, yeah, commented that he doesn't seem like because you know Army Hammer, of course, comes from money. Like he's very like you know there's a lot attached to him. Um, and he said something along the lines of like he doesn't come off as kind of like pompous or arrogant, especially considering you know the wealth that he comes from. But I actually think there's something about him that does come off very pompous and arrogant. I every time actually he- agree. I totally agree. agree with you. Yeah. And I mean, he just he's been in films for what? like we're going on we're going on ten years. I think he debuted in the Social Network, uh, which Jenny has to watch again. Yeah. See, uh, he, see he was on Gossip nothing Girl. good comes from the Social Network. <laughs> Just saying. Ah, <laughs> Just saying. Throwing it out there. Uh, consider okay consider this a preview yeah, to the next is. episode. Andrew Garfield. Okay. Andrew Garfield. <sighs> okay. <enough. laughs> we mean, uh, <laughs> Listen. He's, he's cute, but like. And he has great ta- <laughs> and he has great taste in women. Um. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but he couldn't hold on to her. So moving on. Well, she's perfect. So. She's perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, things, uh, got uh, very tense things got very very uh, tense. Things got very very tense. Rooney Mara was in the Social Network. Rooney Mara was in the yeah, Social Rooney Network. Good too. Network. Yeah, Rooney Mara was in the Social Network. D- you'll Oscar never get. You're never mm. gonna get G and I to. to Is it bad that I kind of like Kate more? But Kate Mara. Yeah, not in fan four though. 
not in fan <laughs> Very good you transition. Of, Very uh, good. Fantastic Four didn't like Kate Mara. Not in <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so Army Hammer's an ass at he. <laughs> He, <laughs> back to the topic. I don't think he's a very good actor. I think his best performance was last year. Call me by your name. I'm not going to shit on it. He was very good in that. I liked him at Social Network too. He was fine. I think he was fine. And the fact that but we have to no, have two of him. There's nothing about him. Like my thing, like with people like him, there's nothing about him that screams like, "Oh, you should be in everything." The, and yeah, like right. I feel like they were like trying to force him on us. Like the only with a few people. The they only do thing this with Scott Eastwood. Yeah, Scott Eastwood. They, who's they, do this, they do this with him. They've done this with Cara Delevingne, who they also are trying to make a thing. Uh, and I don't like okay. it. I don't want them to be things. So it's like they're annoying. And they, I think they still just because they're pretty doesn't mean they have to be in everything. And that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. I think Army Hammer has the tall, handsome look that. Oh yeah, we can make him into something. But it, it, the Cara Delevingne, I think they stopped trying to make her a thing. I haven't seen her in anything lately. Yeah, I think I think they pumped the brakes after Suicide Squad. Seriously. And then <laughs> the the other one came in last night from fucking Bill Maher. Oh yeah. Did you see this yet, Ryan? I... Yeah, I saw. I. Watch it, but I I saw some of the or I saw the backlash and I read the quote. So and fuck this guy. Yeah, in a blog post, <laughs> Mard was dismissive to the news of Lee's death, and he mocked those who are currently mourning the recently departed industry legend, citing deep, deep mourning for a man who inspired millions to I don't know watch a movie, I guess. And he said, I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Do- that Donald Trump could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important. He. Definitely got some backlash from the comic yeah. book world. So I, I, guess, re- I guess he, I guess, I guess he missed all that social commentary that's in like all those stories. But I whatever. guess I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna read some. The comic book world decided to let their opinion know. Yeah, they so u- united. <laughs> Greg Capullo said, "I never speak on topics I know little or nothing about. Why? I never want to be the fool. In other words, I don't want to make a Bill Maher out of myself." <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm gonna start using that. <laughs> Scott Snyder said, LOL, Bomar, just upset nobody will mourn him when he dies. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of true, though. <laughs> Another tweet from Kurt Busick resists at Kurt Busick. Bill Maher is an idiot, commenting out of ignorance and assuming that all comics are like the ones he read as a child and there's nothing to them but what he perceived as a child. But then, that's what he often does. True. So, I mean... The last one that I want to read is not from, I don't think it's from anybody. It's just stating they put an image of Bill Maher in Iron Man 3. And they said, really, people? Who gives a shit what professional asshole Bill Maher has to say? Fuck him. I don't even know he still had a show. Oh, and by the way, notice how he didn't have too much trouble with comic books when he was collecting a check for Iron Man 3. How ironic. (laughs) It, It just amazes me that people... And I, I was actually saying to Jen, I'm like, oh, it's good that for once, no one's being a troll. They're just appreciating Stan's work, and we have to have these two fucking ass clowns come out of nowhere to try to make them. And that one other guy. Oh, um... Mike Fran fucking Sessa. Get out. What do you, what do you say? <laughs> I actually think that irked me the most. He said, I don't know who Stanley is. I don't read comics. Wow. Oh, wow. He knows who fucking Stanley is. That fat fuck. <laughs> he reminds me. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad we have an explicit rating on. Yeah. Apple. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have been shut down. Yeah. It's a, no one talks about the the fucking the man Stanley. So, with that being said, what what do you what were you guys going through? Did you guys were you guys sad when you first heard of the news? Um, Whoever wants to take. I'll it. go first. 
Um, I was actually, I just went on lunch. I looked at my phone and I, that's when the news broke and I showed it here. I, and it's funny cause over on spin rack, we, me and Casey do spin cycle and we just, we do it every Sunday and it was on Monday. So I said to her, like emergency episode tonight. And so we did a little tribute show. Um, I was pretty good. Like I was sad, like, you know, I a little somber, um, but then I forget what the image was. I think it was like of all the Marvel characters at a funeral, and then it was uh, Stan Lee's head that got me to tear up. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah it was. Uh, I was at work too. Um, I think with me it was. Uh, I got. The, I saw the notification. Obviously, it was a huge bummer. You got really quiet and sad, but you kind of also recognized, hey, you know, ninety-five years old. He lived a really, really crazy full life hell of a life um what really struck me was the amount of love and uh and uh, i guess an affection that other people like reached out to me like if someone like like if stanley was a member of my family yeah i got more text messages facebook messages and like tweets about stanley passing away than i'd have about like actual family (laughs) (laughs) and i was like all right that's really interesting i think it was i think it was sweet i think it was really nice of people like recognizing the impact that stanley has had on all of us um but it was really really cool seeing like people just try to reach out and be there for each other and i heard on a, a g go ahead and then i have a comment i wanted to make yeah um it was interesting because like i had to initially approach it just as a story to write because i put it on g reels and i wrote it for real talk so it was initially just kind of like that where it was like oh this is like big news and then it wasn't until later uh, when I actually had time to sit and think about it, and someone posted a picture of, uh, I put it on my personal Instagram page, but it was a picture of like him in the middle, just surrounded by like all like his comic book creations, like basically. And it wasn't until I saw that that it kind of hit me that you know, growing up, you know, Marvel comics, you know, Spider Man, X Men, all Incredible Hulk, all that stuff, I grew up collecting, and it was like the one thing that I could bond with my like friends over, like growing up. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until like I saw that that I thought about like how much of an impact that um, the things that he created actually had on me as a child. Just you know, I made my first few friends based on sharing those stories with other people. So uh, it was that's when it kind of hit me. And then like similar to what uh, Leo said, like when I went on my Facebook and just saw like my friends who have never talked about comic books or anything like that like really just posting like these heartfelt like oh like a, i feel like a little piece of my childhood passed away today like i didn't know that some of my friends actually connected with it as much as they did and i think reading that also yeah. got to me a bit yeah that same experience like and, so many people and i was looking at the hashtag on um wednesday thursday and um after listening to the fat fat man beyond mark bernard and one of the hosts on the show was saying something that I realized later on you could have so many pictures of Stan and he's the constant. All these people that different faces, different body types, different skin color, different races, but the one constant is Stan Lee. You know what I mean? And he brought so many people together. There's a quote from the Hollywood Reporter that I really liked and they said, thank you, Stan Lee, for making people who feel different realize that they are special. And that's what he did. That's That's what he did. It's, It's one of those that we knew it was coming eventually. Yeah. I was actually telling Jen, I'm like, usually once you have a marriage, as long as Stan had Rich, yeah, with, with, his, with Joan, Joni, right? Yeah. When yeah. she passed away, I thought he got really sick right after, too. And I was like, oh, I think we're going to lose Stan. 
and the fact that he pushed through. And a week after she passed, he got his footprints at Groman's Chinese. He didn't have to do that. You know, the guy was suffering. He was his partner for life, and he lost her, and and he still put on his sweater and said, you know, I'm going to be Stanley for everybody, and it was truly great to see. Um, So pretty much all we I wanted to talk about some of our favorite Stanley characters, Stanley cameos, <laughs> Stanley stories. <laughs> um, so we can get, there's no real order here. I'm just, there's no top 10 today. It's just going through everything and what we feel were our favorites. So I, I guess I'll get, get us started with, uh, I'm going to list some of my favorite Stanley character creations. Um, so I'm going to give an honorable mention and I think, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if Jen will know who this is, but I think the guys will, the guys will get an, uh, a kick out of this one. So, Bonesaw. <laughs> Jen's nice. Like, Jen's like, who the hell's Bonesaw? And I think I think Ryan knows why I picked Bonesaw. Yes, I do. Bonesaw. From the wrestler, like the wrestler. I know it's not for this. Who played Bonesaw? Oh. <laughs> so, but going to real characters, he created. Now I realized it. So, <laughs> some of my favorite, obviously, the one that started it all, Fantastic Four, yeah. um, Daredevil, Ant-Man. Of, Ant-Man, over the last few years, I've grown to, like, love. And maybe I read a little bit of stuff. I'm not sure if he's as originally be- started off as that type of character, but I've grown to love him a lot. Uh the Hulk, of course, Thor, Iron Man. Even though it, it's not a creation because these characters were already established, the Avengers. You got to yeah. talk about the Avengers. Uh, Black Panther now. Yeah. And there's no, despite the Fantastic Four being the first creation, what put Marvel, I think, on the map yeah. was Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is the, what Batman is to DC, I think Spider-Man is to Marvel. It's the highest. Mm. It's the highest grossing comic book for Marvel of all time. Is Spider Man? He's the oh, wow. highest grossing character. Same way Batman is to to Marvel. If I actually would say, and I'm sure you guys will chime in on this, if Spider Man was not a Sony property originally, and the MCU was on its way in 2008, it wouldn't have shocked me. And I'm, I can say this confidently that Spider Man would have been. The first movie. Oh, absolutely. Because that's, oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the reason that it got sold was at that point, Marvel needed money. Yeah. And the most lucrative ones were Spidey, X-Men, yeah. Fantastic Four. So, like, yeah, Spider-Man was, I think you're right. You're absolutely right. If it, you know, barring, and we did get great movies, Spider-Man 1 and 2. We don't talk about <laughs> 3 here too much. Jazz <laughs> um, <Josh> hands. <laughs> but that is one of my favorite cameos, which we'll talk about later. But, yeah, that's some of my favorite stanley creations what about you guys uh leo yeah uh no right right alongside exactly with what what you stated your list was pretty much spot i'm sorry i forgot the x-men duh yeah that's (laughs) that's, yeah um yeah i mean growing up like some of my fondest memories were the the x-men animated series spider-man animated series like oh yeah those shows are like quintessential in how we were like raised pretty much like learning how to like uh, put up with prejudice uh thoughts being very accepting of other people so like spidey and x-men for me were like top of the list as far as my favorite creations um yeah i mean even 
even with like the the movie properties and stuff like mm-hmm. it's spot on like these properties were they were the most the most uh i guess important ones that he made and that's why they were the first ones to get sold to sony and fox yeah. respectively um it's awesome that you know little by little everything's coming back so like the vision of the whole marvel universe that stanley had can come back to fruition with the movies uh but yeah pretty much x-men and spider-man when it comes to like my favorite marvel characters and i think it has the most important message spider-man and it, we've heard him many times with great power comes great responsibility and he set that tone with Spider-Man, and I think they can take that. You mentioned social commentary before. Yeah. Like, that's the essential. I mean, look at, not to get political, look at today's climate. Absolutely. With great power, look at, there's not much responsibility being taken with that great power. And I think Stanley put it there with Spider-Man. So, uh, Ryan, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I mean. What more can you say besides Spider-Man, uh, perf- I mean, and X-Men, especially Doctor Doom, who a lot of people also say is like one of the greatest villains in He's comic not. book history. I'm just saying what a lot of people say. I'm not saying I agree. I just ask what a lot of people say. I mean, he he rules his own island. I mean, he just hasn't had a proper portrayal, in my opinion. Agreed. I mean, he got Agreed. Nick Fury. Uh Hulk. I mean, everyone knows who the Hulk is. I don't know who he is, I mean, Ryan. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> he just told you wouldn't like it when he's angry. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Why? Does he yell? <laughs> no, he turns into a big Greek guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I, you know, it's his it's hard to lose an artist and that's what he is. I mean, the best part is he's known for this. This is his life and this is what, he, and, and you know, he's best known for, and he didn't even want to do this. He wanted to create the great American novel, but I think a lot of people say what he did. He just did it in shorter form with some great imagery. Yep. Uh, G. Um, well, I mean, a lot of my favorite characters are the things that you guys already mentioned, like, uh, especially growing up, Spider-Man, uh, X-Men, Critical Hulk and all that stuff. But I, uh, I've i always gravitated to X-Men more than um, the others. Um, I like when, you know, anything that people write, if it has something important to say, mm-hmm. um, I, can, I like it a, a lot more. And that's what uh, kind of got to me about what Bill Maher said, because... To me, if you can't see, like, um, especially when uh, he created X-Men during that time period, like, what was going on in the world with, you know, racism and classism and all that stuff, there is a lot in that story that is a commentary on that time period. And that's something that, I mean, not as bad as back then, but still continues to this day. So there's a a lot in those stories that reflect what's going on in um, even though it might be told within the confines of like people with powers and like these like big elaborate stories, there's still like a real message buried in there. Agreed. And if you happen to not see that, then you're an idiot. Yeah. Uh, if you don't, if you really don't see the importance of that, or um, I, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, I've always liked, uh, you know, even though they're fun, like you know, and everything, I always gravitated more towards X Men because I was like, there's a lot going on here more than just you know heroes facing villains and displaying their powers there's like there's a lot more uh story going on here and i've always appreciated that a lot 
about about a lot of things that you create. I mean, you can even say, well, like with Spider-Man, if you're growing up as a teenager, Spider-Man is just like one big metaphor for like, you know, puberty and growing up. Like everything's changing. I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. There's a lot of that in there, too. So, I mean, there's just a lot to grab onto when you're younger, you know, and you're reading. And then and then also, you know, you grow up with it and then the characters grow, too. So, you know, there's a lot you can kind of grab onto. And we didn't mention Cap because a lot, a lot of people think Stanley created Captain America. He didn't. Kirby did. Kirby. So yeah. Yeah. That, if you don't hear Captain America, that's why. Jen, that's do you why, have yeah. any characters? Let's hear all the women Marvel characters that Stanley <laughs> created. <laughs> I'm glad you prefaced that. Because, oh, no. Because that's exactly who I had for my list. They're all women? Yeah. Well, they're all really... I wanted to highlight the female characters. Because, you know, yeah. you guys talk about, like all the male superheroes and everyone knows who these people are. But yeah. a lot of the time you don't always have the female superheroes or the female characters that he created. And he tried to um, sort of give them a little more than just being a love interest at mm-hmm. the time. I mean, a lot of them were created so to Gwen be Stacey a love interest. And right? Mary Jane Gwen are on Stacey. your list. Yeah. Um, you have Sue Storm. Played you have Scarlet Witch. You have the Wasp. You have Jean Grey. Um, oh, Jean Grey, of course. Jean, yeah, have, Jean, Jean Grey's a great one. Jean Grey's a top, But yeah. we included her because she's an X-Men. Well, she, <laughs> yeah, we said X-Men. X-Men, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, oh, X-Men. Oh, <laughs> oh, there she goes. No, no, no. I'm just saying. She didn't say X-Women. You know. <laughs> uh, X-Person. You have Gila. You have Peggy Carter. You have Spider-Woman. You have She-Hulk. I don't care about She-Hulk. Betty Ross. <laughs> You might not care about them, and that's fine. But some little girl may care about them. About She-Hulk? Fair. Fair. Why? Why not? I'm sure She-Hulk has fans. She can be a body. (laughs) She can be a bodybuilder inspiration for some. You never know. Touche. Touche. Lawyer too. So like, if Marvel wanted to be. Oh yeah, she was lawyer. Yeah. Do you think we're getting that? I actually, I feel like that's possibly in the next phase four or five. Yeah. Depending on how Captain Marvel does, you think? That's a good one. Who would play her real quick before you keep going, Jen? If they Wait, who's it. like a who's a woman that's got like you know that the physical stature that's that can act? Yeah, because she's a she, yeah she's brolic. Wait, who do you have? I don't know. That Ronda she has... Rousey. Yeah, no, I, I thought the say... same thing. I thought the same thing. I was gonna say I don't know that she has lo- the acting no, skill for Ronda. it. Yeah, and I think no, she would no, have get, to get, get a Ronda little Rousey, stronger. Like, but year of acting lessons and then like let her do it. Because I love Ronda I mean, Rousey, but she's not a great actress. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know that she has the acting prowess to, like, really do it, but... She wanted to play Captain Marvel. Muscle-wise, maybe. I mean, I don't know. There's plenty of people out there. You'd be surprised. It's just you got to find the right Mm -hmm. person. All right, what else you got, Jen? Well, that was my li- my main list of okay. female nice list. No love to the men. Characters. No, no not no love. You guys talked about all of them. <laughs> with you. Considering we covered all, all the dudes. Like, I mean, I could go on. He has thousands of characters <laughs> here. Like... All right, so I guess we can talk about. I know Ryan's been waiting for this. <laughs> drum roll, drum roll, so I'm gonna let him take over first, since you've been waiting for this. You get first crack at it. So, what are your, some of your favorite Stanley cameos, Ryan? Um, I, I I thought we were doing it in top ten form, so I actually have the top ten. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, hey, uh, X Men Last Stand. I think it was just a fun one. Um, Spider Man Homecoming was awesome, like because it very had a very uh. New York feel to it, you know, when he's yelling outside the windows, Iron Man, um, the Teen Titans go. I mean, the fact that he, the Stan Lee was That's in a, a DC property one. movie. I forgot about that one. That's a good one, right? 
Um, Rise of Silver Surfer, probably the best part of that movie, just because it takes straight from the comic when he's not allowed into the wedding. Um, Guardians 2, when they play with the idea that he's a watcher, and but they really never got to confirm or deny, I don't think. Uh, Spider-Man 3, uh, Age of Ultron, because a drunk Stanley is always a fun Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool when he's a strip club DJ. I mean, because you never thought you would see Stan Lee as a strip club DJ. <laughs> yes, you could. And my n- yes, you would. <laughs> <laughs> and my number one uh, is the first time I ever saw Stan Lee. And I was able to finally put a face to the name uh, Mallrats. Hold it. Don't, I, don't talk about it yet because I okay. want to get more into that. Uh, <laughs> Leo, do you have some favorite ones? Oh uh, yeah, it's funny for the same reasons. Uh, yeah, like I think the top two that stuck out for me were um, the Rise of the Silver Surfer cameo, okay. it, like exactly could rip from the comic book, like trying to get into the yeah. wedding for Sue and Reed and getting turned down. And I think he even st- he's, he says his own name. That's a cameo. Yeah, he says I'm Stan Lee. I'm Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I, I always I always love the uh, the one in Iron Man one where uh, where he gets confused for Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but those two for me, I think, were like the like the top top cameos for that right. for me. I have a few too. Um, I actually like the Civil War one where he calls Tony Tony Stank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tony Stank. <laughs> I, I like the one in the Amazing Spider Man, the one where he's in the library. Oh, that, that's my favorite. Uh, one. That's actually one. my favorite yeah. one. So, <laughs> Jenny, you know that one? Um, that's the Andrew Garfield one. He's in the library. No, listening. See- Oh. Hey, it's Andrew Garfield, so no. <laughs> and Emma Stone's in it, so she's probably not saying either. No. Um, so I like the ones in Guardian of the Galaxy. I like the one in Guardian of the Galaxy Part Volume Two as well. The one where he's part of the what? What? What is your exact name? The Watchers. The Watchers. The Watchers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the event, like Ryan said, the Ultron one. I like that one as well. Mm. Um. I like probably the best one... part of the Ultron movie. <laughs> yeah. I like the one in Winter Soldier where he thinks he's like at the end, he's like, I'm so fired for this. <laughs> <laughs> was that? Oh, yeah, that was Winter Soldier. Sorry. Yeah. And then my favorite is actually, no, the Spider-Man 3. And mostly because um, what it kind of, even though he's essentially talking about Spider-Man, I feel we can look at it as complimentary towards Stan where he's looking at Peter. He's like, you uh... know, I guess one person can really make a difference. And that's exactly yeah. what yeah. he did. So I really like that one. And my number one, because like Ryan, it was the first time I ever saw fucking Stan Lee. And that's Mallrats. So have you guys seen the Mallrats? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Ryan, I know you wanted to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it was so great. Like, because originally he wasn't even supposed to be in it. Like uh, Kevin Smith just wrote in a fake uh, comic book creator. A but poor then man, poor I man Stan Lee. Get- yeah, pretty much. And then someone's like, no, we can get him. And it's like, oh, my God, get him. And it was just so much fun because, you know, he got to he played himself and the way he got to, I think, really just be him. Like he made up a story to help one of the characters get to where he needs to be using the comic book characters. And it turns out to all be a ruse, the story he told them, because it's funny because he says, like, oh, there's someone who got away. This one girl, I give it all back you know just to have one more day with her meanwhile he's you know long married and we didn't i didn't even know that at the time and back but yeah backstory to that he asked for that end to it all be a ruse that the story wasn't real because he's playing himself 
and he I think he joked with Kevin saying something along the lines that what would my my I'm not going to have a home to go to if I <laughs> if I say this when I'm happily married. So that's pretty cool. And I apparently Stanley also said that that cameo is actually his favorite out of all the movies he's appeared. That's cool. So that's awesome. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. It's one of before in 1995 being a comic book fan really wasn't a thing. So yeah. for him to do something that was common now but you know blasphemous back then in terms of making a yeah. comic book film in a way um and having Stanley as a cameo I think it I, has always stood out to me. So yeah, that's mine. Uh G, you want to take over now? Uh I mean, you guys mentioned a few of my, my favorite ones already. I mean, I like the one in Spider-Man 3 just because, you know, it's yeah, it's something poignant to say. And uh, you know what's funny about this? When I when we when you assigned this to us, I used to think until I watched them individually, I, like uh, like going on YouTube and like just watching them individually. I used to think the Stanley cameos in these movies were really like cheesy, and I would kind of like wince a little bit. Like I <laughs> I liked them at first as a fan, like okay, but then they kept happening over and over again. Um, it wasn't until I actually watched them individually that I realized how like good some of them were. I liked the one in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, because it's funny, and uh, it's, it's when the, uh, uh, they're about to, like, cut off, like, Thor's hair. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I thought that was really funny. Um, I also uh, like the one. The, one of the Amazing Spider-Man is actually my, my favorite. I just like the way it's shot, and I think it's kind of funny that all this chaos is going on behind him, and, like, he's just completely unaware. <laughs> uh, there's one in um, X-Men Apocalypse that isn't, like, really, like, uh, it's not great, but it's um uh singer uh Brian Singer like cuts to him after uh they launch uh uh, uh basically there's like a nuclear orbit thing they launch into space and they cut to him for like a reaction shot and the reaction shot is actually like a genuinely like good like horrific shot where he's like you know displaying some like kind of like acting chops just reacting to what's going on yeah and he's actually uh standing next to his late wife joan which actually makes the cameo uh yeah. a little bit more poignant too oh, that's a good one. um but i actually didn't like i mean I maybe like collectively when i like when people actually did a bunch of lists online i didn't realize how many cameos he had yeah. in all those so he had i think <laughs> i got 56 Jeez. yeah because that's he, re- he had other movie cameos too like Mall Rats is not a Marvel movie of course but he also had in the 80s he when the Incredible Hulk was a show yeah, yeah. he had I think it was a trial of the Incredible Hulk and Matt Murdock was his lawyer mm-hmm. uh, he had a cameo in that too so he'd been doing cameos Yeah for... uh, this morning when I was coming into here just yeah. to, to meet up with everyone um I remember I was like just going through YouTube for some of the cameos yeah. and one of them that I completely neglected cuz I figured we're talking about Marvel movies and Marvel movies only um he had a cameo like like 5 minute uh, in the Spider-Man animated uh, TV show, oh, where nice. like Spider-Man, he meets Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man takes him on, like uh, web singing around the city, and he thanks him for like being his creator and stuff. That's cool. But, like I think that's super cool that Stanley would even cameo in things that were just Marvel related, and it wasn't only like live action movies. He, yeah. ironic that the day he died, I'm playing the new Spider-Man game, and his cameo in the game was the day he passed. I was literally playing and all of a sudden it's a scene where Mary Mary Jane and and Peter are having lunch or something and then um, they walk out of the the diner and then it closes up on Stan and he's like, oh, I have a good feeling about these two. (laughs) Well, did you you hear what uh, Sam Raimi said after he passed away? Um, 
uh, initially that he didn't really want to have him cameo in Spider-Man because he was uh, it was like more of an actor thing where it was like oh is he going to be any good like you know like that kind of approach to it and then he kind of just kind of just fell in love with like Stanley's just natural like charisma just being, yeah just him just being himself and, and like he was like he was like he regretted like thinking that he couldn't do it because you know he's not an actor um, and uh, of course like the cameos were in there like infancy when you know they did Spider-Man so it wasn't yeah. like a thing, oh, like a real thing yet. Um, but he's happy that he did it. But he he said he regretted like almost immediately that he was apprehensive about uh, allowing him to be in it. Nice, Jen. Do you have any favorite cameos or not really? I don't know. I just always enjoyed. I didn't really pick one in particular. I just really always enjoyed when he would like pop up, and it was just like. You know, it was just so random in a way because, like, you know, it's you've already learned watching these movies that you're going to have a cameo. Um, so it was just kind of waiting to see, like, where it was that he would just pop up and be there. Yeah. And, and then has, I think it'll be interesting to see in some of the Marvel movies coming out. Like, I'm pretty sure he's he going to have one more. in Captain Marvel. I know he already um, filmed the Infinity War yeah. 2 or whatever. It's yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like they had to have filmed some of these in bulk that you could just sort of, like, in case. cut to and use, Mint. like, for some of the movies. But it will be kind of sad when... That's it. They don't have any more. Yeah. It'd, be it'd be like, like Carrie weird. Fisher when we first when we saw Star Wars. Maybe... Yeah, I think I, th- I don't think he has one. X Men: Dark Phoenix. They talked about that. That when... there's not one in that one. Maybe they'll <sighs> find a way to incorporate something. Like even if it's like a newsstand and it has a photo of him yeah. in like, yeah, like a magazine or I don't know something like that, where it's sort of just one of these eggs that you have to like see quickly, and he, at least he's there yeah. in spirit. And uh, by the way, uh, I mean, I think we've all kind of seen a lot of these movies on like an opening night or opening day. Whenever there is a Stanley cameo and you're in a packed theater, everyone, everyone cheers and yeah. claps. <laughs> same, same yeah, there's me. always a pop. Um, the, uh, yeah. I, I heard on the it's funny. Stanley was a funny guy from interviews we've seen. But on the podcast I was talking about before, the Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard podcast, Kevin was talking about how Stanley used to go around to Kevin and be like, do you know I'm the highest grossing star in, of all time? <laughs> <laughs> My movies have made billions of dollars and you've made mall rats. Did you hear the one where, where uh, he mentioned, he's like, I'd like to thank all the uh, millions of people that come watch my cameos and the movies that are with them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess we can finish up on talking about some of our favorite stories or important stories. So I... Well, real quick, just- one thing, Ryan. The rumor. Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Always fucking up um, positions. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you guys think of the idea that's been passed around that, to in honor of Stanley, I would put it. Uh, they have Deadpool do the cameos. No. Uh, no. 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 I don't know how I feel no, about that. No. 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 I feel like I, it I like, just wouldn't I, work. I like Jenny's recommendation of like having like because that's what the Netflix shows did is that they have like that that police uh, poster thing mm-hmm. in the background of like most of the Netflix shows. So, yeah. Like, you usually catch it. I think that would be enough. But I don't know about adding Deadpool. I don't. We don't need. I don't that. even think Deadpool was like a, a Stanley creation. No, it wasn't. So at that yeah. Point, like, so it eh. wouldn't be like. Nah, I think I think you were able to find other ways to incorporate it. Like even you know they could put his motto somewhere. Like just very mm-hmm. like subtle. For the one, you know, when and you Kevin do run Feige's out. Kevin smart. He's not going to. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll, think, he'll think of something. Um, did you guys see this is in this is more related to Infinity War or whatever? It's funny. We whatever should call Avengers called. 4 Avengers 4, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> because <laughs> at this point, we have no idea. There is a 
I don't know if this is a book that's coming out, but there is a picture that came out this week of Wolverine with the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a comic book thing. I think Marvel Comics I wonder. is... Uh... I wonder if they know something we don't, too. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. But, yeah, going back to the co- the Stan Lee stories, I actually have... Um, I mean, I've I've read it this week just for the podcast because I feel like it's important. So I have Captain America Comics number three, May 1941. So the reason I put this as important is because while Stanley didn't create Captain America, uh, Teenage Stanley's very first published story was in the pages of Captain America's number three. So I feel like because of that, you know, he, he got his start there and it may have led to the creation of my next story which is fantastic four number one november 1961 i also have um the incredible hulk number one may 1962 then amazing fantasy 15 which is the first appearance of spider-man august 1962 and then i have sorry guys and then i have x-men number one september 1963 so i when i did a little bit of research and just as a Honorable mention here, I have Avengers number one, September 1963. So the crazy thing that I noticed in doing my research on here is that I thought Stanley was creating these throughout years and years. He created all these characters in nine years. That's insane. And like the fact that this might be the greatest decade of creative genius I think we've ever seen. Nine years and you create the world that pretty much runs the movies Every- nowadays, yeah. everything. Yeah. Runs pop culture. Runs, there you go, perfect. It runs pop culture, and it was created in nine years. Jen's all about books and stuff. What do you think? Is that is it the greatest creative mind genius kind of deal, creating all these characters in nine years? Well, I, I think and any good writer or any good storyteller is always doing – like is always writing and always reading. And he was very much a proponent of that. And always, you know, whenever people would ask him, Hey, what advice do you have for getting into the business or what, you know, I'm a writer, like, what can I do? And the best thing he said was write every day, like read everything because it's true. You never know where you're going to get your ideas. And the only way you get better at your craft is by writing every day. Do you think, I mean, in those nine years, he had, I'm sure, a lot of crappy ideas or a yeah, lot of girl, like really. it's just well, no, it's not even things that you saw. Can you imagine the things that you just the yeah. world never saw that he came up with? But he kept going with the ones that he believed in and the ones that he saw. And he looked at things in a very different way. And I think a lot of that is a testament as to how he wrote these stories and wrote, you know, he's talked about like when someone he's he's much better as a like a pressure writer like if someone came to him and was like i need this story tomorrow morning and told him like the day before he's like i would just sit and write and just whatever came out came out so i think it was he would just keep going and stephen king just to equate it in a different way stephen king if you've ever read his book called on writing it's a very good book it's shorter than all his other books (laughs) and it talks about his writing process and basically all he does is he sets aside eight to ten hours a day and he writes and he just writes and you think i mean stephen king has over 50 novels and all of them are prolific like they're huge books a lot of detail and 
think of how many books we haven't seen from him and things that he's sort of like he'll write, then he'll put it aside, then he'll come back to it. You know, nothing is ever perfected until he's ready to. And there's just tons of ideas. But what he's good at is writing. And so he writes and he writes and he writes. But in the same way, like Stan was like writing. So, yeah, I'm not surprised it took him nine years. And I mean, that's to say that, like, even though he created all of these characters, it took sometimes it took longer than nine years for a lot of them to like really gain the momentum like that they off. did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it wasn't just like, and then I think also because his focus wasn't like about getting famous or about getting this. Like he was just writing. He even talks about how he just said like, um, you know, I just hoped. Uh, what did he say about Spider-Man? Like he's like, I made the idea, we did this, and I just hoped that it worked because I got to keep my job. So he wasn't, you know. You know. A lot of these people lot also people want, want. They see Stan Lee's example, and they want to get famous and do that, but they don't realize that it's not about that. That's sort of a result of what his work was able to become. But he worked. You know, he did what he wanted to do. He wanted to use his creativity. He created these characters. And he, and he loved his job, and he did it. And you know, I it's it's if you want to write, write. If you want to, you know, anything you want to do. He even said to artists that wanted to draw, he's like, you should be carrying a sketch pad every day. Yeah. He's like, sketch everything you can, no matter what it is, because the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Great words, Jennifer Ross. What did yeah. you call it? That's a great word. <laughs> I feel inspired. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to go right. <laughs> All right, we're done. So do you guys have any favorite stories or pretty much on what we... Yeah, actually, I have, I have one story that right. always sticks out. It's uh, 1971. Okay. Um, do, you, do you guys know the, 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 the issue with... Um, it's Amazing Spider-Man uh, 96. And it's um it was a there's a lot of backstory to it because it was printed without the comics uh, the comics code authority sticker. Okay. So um, interesting. Yeah, when comic books get printed on the cover, you'll usually get like this like uh, a grade or like an approval uh, that they're they're for kids. So I'm looking right now. I'm looking at the Death of Gwen Stacy comic that I have signed by Stan, and top I think right? I see it at the top right. Yeah. Yeah. So like pretty much there's a lot of censorship that happens with comic books, so that it's for children and it should be appropriate so that they don't get sued they have a comics code authority i guess oversight so it's like the parental advisory yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um Correct. stan lee was actually reached out to in 71 um and they asked him to write comic a comic about the importance and like the dangers of drug use um because it's a, it's a it was an important topic then it's an important topic now um, and when he started writing the issue, he wrote it about uh, Harry Osborne going through uh, pills, uh, addicted to pills, and how Peter was trying to save him. Interesting. Um, the challenge there is that Damn you, Harry. he couldn't print the comic with the Comics Code um, sticker because it was mentioning a topic like drugs, and they wouldn't really agree that that should be something for children. So rather than, I guess hiding the story or like not doing it stanley thought it was so important for this issue to come out and for this topic to be touched on that he printed it without the sticker um it was something that was huge at the time uh, it was a three issue arc okay. um and it was met with incredible like praise um it made the comics code authority review their stance on what they allowed to be in comics also taking this like the step back to realize that it's a really important medium. Like Jenny mentioned, 
writers write. Writers write important stories. They want to get their message out, which is why the whole, I guess, Bill Maher thing is so like yeah, disrespectful. Yeah, it's just snobby. Like because, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's wrong because I don't think like I read books as a kid and I'm a big reader, but I also read comic books. Now my comic books weren't superheroes; they were Archie comics. But Real my mom, commentary there. well, well, no, they <laughs> no, are, no, they had also. like things, and I mean they've evolved since then. Yeah, for sure. But you know that's what I would read. Uh, in second grade, I had like an Archie Comics like club, like. I was like one another per and one other wait, person, wait, wait, but whatever. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I did, but that's not. We've the been point. together for four years, and I just found out you're an Archie fan club. Yes, my mom even made me little like cards at work. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, I have all my comics. I still have all my Archie comics in boxes in my room. So you know, like it's important, no matter what it is, and like you know, just because you read comics doesn't mean that you're not reading. The fact if you are reading comics, that's great because I think everyone should be a reader no Absolutely. matter what it is. And you have to find what you like. Yeah, yeah. And like um, th- th- that that one story, that one like the fact that he was willing to sacrifice something like that just to get that story out there, um, he got so much change to happen from it to the point where like then the stories we've come to know about Tony Stark and his battle with alcoholism um, and uh, rape, um, domestic abuse, mm-hmm. like these topics that were so taboo because of the comic book platform, you could touch on them now. I think later in 71, DC Comics printed out an issue about uh, Roy Harper dealing with drugs too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was because of the, the change that Stan Lee pushed. Uh, so I think that that one that one example, like it helped to show how important he was to the industry and the fact that like, that's really what we lost. We didn't just lose the guy that created certain characters. Mm-hmm. We lost a pioneer for what comics can be. Yep. Um, and he, he took it seriously. And it, I, you could tell. And now everyone takes it serious. So that's good. Um, Ryan and G, any other comments on favorite stories or. Uh, uh, not as much. Oh, sorry. You go. Oh. G. Go ahead. No, you take. No, like not as much stories, because like I said, I I've said a thousand times, I've always been kind of leaning more toward DC. You know, I've read more DC, but Stanley just. (laughs) (laughs) But Stanley has also create like his creations, just his work ethic, the fact that, and his story itself shows you, like I touched on before, he didn't want to get into comics he wanted to create the great novel and i think his story shows that you don't know where life's going to take you may want to try to go down life one certain way you want to get to your destination one way but life will take you a whole nother way and it could still be just as beautiful as what you imagine and that's what happened with stan lee i mean such and just by i never had the pleasure of meeting the man but just by everything i've heard and seen and just the vibe you get off of him you know such a genuinely good guy and a career, he made our modern mythos he made our new version of the greek gods you yeah. know and i mean i it's met insane. I, I met stan 2 years ago and 93 at the time you know you're not going to expect too much and gracious as gracious can be I I can't I can't imagine he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need to be there, but he wants he wants to see his fans and I said thank you and I'm sure that was the thing he probably heard the most. Just thank you. Oh yeah. All right. As he should. G, what do you got? Um I mean there wasn't one for, I mean there actually there was one uh story I wanted to mention cuz um along with X 
Spider-Man. I collected uh, Spider-Man comics a lot. And um, there's uh, the Amazing Spider-Man number 50, which is basically the Spider-Man No More uh, story where he kind of like basically feels like uh, all the stuff, all the heroic efforts he's doing, like it's, ca- it, it's causing too much harm and like it seems like there's more, it, more bad things are happening to people around him based on what he's doing. So he gives up being spider-man and they actually like touch upon that uh, a bit in spider-man 2 yes, yes. Where, um but i mean just because of who he is now and the whole thing you know that whole like you know mantra of like with great power comes great responsibility he can't he can't really give it up because like outlook on life his whole demeanor has changed since he's taken on the spider-man mantle so even though he thought he needed to give it up uh because of you know he was seeing all the negative side effects to all the things that he was doing as as a hero even though he thought he was helping you know there, there was still his his desire to help others and be there for someone who uh couldn't really be there for themselves was much larger than him giving up that persona and i just thought that was a really just good story about like just personal responsibility when you have when you have something that you're doing that is much bigger I think a lot of people can relate to that. Nice. Good input. So, guys, that wraps it up for today. Thank you, Leo, for coming in. No, you guys were awesome. Thanks for having me. And you'll be back for a Supernatural episode, (laughs) which I think will be... I'm pretty sure we're going to record it for Sunday, February 3rd. Cool. um, Because the 300th episode will air... 300th episode? Yeah, Yeah. 300. They just celebrated, I think, at a party. Do we think we can get there? I kind of want to challenge myself to see if I can get to that point. Well, shout out to... uh, You should do it. You have a couple months. Just push through the Leviathan season. Push through the Leviathan season. Okay, but here's... All right, no, hold on. Like on average, how many episodes a day would I have to watch? I think at least like five. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. For that's me. not hard. No. If you no. get home from work and you start no. at like six, <laughs> if you go to bed at eleven, you could definitely. It's it's aggressive, that's an aggressive binge yeah, right there. It's man. December. It's December. It, I I'd rather watch Christmas movies. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, because the three hundredth episode, I the way I estimated it, it's supposed to be episode thirteen of this season. So it's got thirteen, and it's supposed to be um, February seventh. So if we can record on February 3rd and have it out for everyone. Uh, and Adrian's already excited to be on. I already told her. Hey, when's cool. the Super Bowl? That uh, same oh, day. that's a good question. <laughs> it's the same day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same day. Uh, I'm not agreeing to this yet. Hold on. Uh-oh. Well, maybe well, we'll have you to record. Rec- well, you can still do it. We'll I mean, pre-record, like, if anything. True, true. The Super Bowl is like midday. So it's be pre-game to the Super Bowl. We can yeah. always. We'll figure it However, out. If However, if you're like us over here, there's like a pre-game be like before the Super Bowl. So. No. Yeah, that's Leo. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and of course, Leo, you're always welcome back. Uh, I sh- would love to have you back too during. Um, we'd love to have you back during the whatever it's called, Infinity War, oh, Avengers, sure. so we can have a good breakdown of that. So next week we will be back, and we are going to look at overrated films. Something that Titanic. I put Titanic. out. I put out social, social network, network. I guess, according to Jenny. Social Titanic. network. Yeah. <laughs> I put out. I, I put out this week on uh on Facebook and Instagram to get some some. Yo, uh, I saw some. I saw some uh, people saying Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, so we'll get. Yeah, we'll I know get, you tried to pull me into that. Yeah. You tried to pull me into that argument. I was like, no, nah, I want to start that on your <laughs> So we'll get into we'll get into that next week. So Leo, thanks again, and for the Career World Chronicles, Excelsior. Thanks for listening. You can find our show notes and more at realtalking.com. 
Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Chronicles. Love what you hear? Leave us a review and tell your friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot us an email at realtalkinc at gmail.com. Until next Monday, keep it real. Thank you.